discuss the end of 2012 I have right now the top 10 obsessions of 2012 at number 10 we have the iPhone 5 like the versions before it the iPhone 5 the thinnest lightest fastest iPhone since the last one drove plenty of obsession among Apple fans Um, of course, the election comes in at number nine. Of course, every time you have an election, that's that that definitely seems to be an obsession. At number eight, a record six hundred fifty-six million dollars in Mega Millions drawing spurred unprecedented sales of lottery tickets in March. The jackpot was split among holders of three winning tickets sold in three different states. Either way, that's still a lot of money. Yeah. For for three people, that's still a lot of money. How much was it? Six hundred fifty-six million. Six hundred fifty-six. Can you imagine having three hundred or two hundred million dollars? Yeah, that's a lot of money. The Hunger Games. A film version of the 2008 young adult novel by Suzanne Collins starring Jennifer Lawrence became an obsession for plenty of American moviegoers in 2012, grossing then more than $400 million. That's a lot. Um, I don't understand why this is an obsession, but at number five, Honey Boo Boo. 
I honestly, I have no idea who this chick is. I've just seen pictures, like the Facebook, um, what, what are they called, memes, or memes, whatever the fuck they are. I, I've just seen those. That's it. And I, is it a TV show, a movie, or something? It's on a TV show on like TLC, I think, about little girls and pageants. Okay, so why is everyone's She's a pageant star? And she, her and her mother are so ridiculous that people... She just, looks like that guy from the Goonies. Yeah, they just sensationalize What's her. his name, Sloth? <laughs> she looks like Sloth from the Goonies, doesn't she? <laughs> hey, you guys! <laughs> oh, of course, number four, Fifty Shades of Gay. Don't even uh, start Just don't. Here, okay. Okay, Fifty Shades of Grey was the obsession of the year. The first book in a trilogy of Twilight-inspired fan fiction, Bondage Erotica by E.L. James. How is it Twilight-inspired? It's... Oh, it is. It is. She... S&M shit. Yes, but she started out writing fan fiction for Twilight. Huh? Okay, so... What does this have to do with Twilight? It's S&M, whereas Twilight's vampires and... Glitter. Yes, but, okay. It's set in pretty much it. the same place. And. Is that the, the only connection? No, the basic storyline at first is very similar. It's this weak, mousy girl who has this. comes across this rich man who has a secret and he becomes obsessed with her and she thinks he hates her at first and then there's danger and it's a really unhealthy relationship where she's the weak one and he's the strong one sounds gay yeah it is it's it's really bad and i don't understand why everyone's so obsessed with it and everyone's like oh my gosh it's so hot there's so much snf because it's, it's so light i i don't even get the obsession with it i read all three books I did. It's... And there was nothing... You know what? Women want to pretend that they're into, like, hardcore S&M when they're really not. It's not hardcore at all. It's so light. Yeah, but still, people want to pretend... Like, as women want to pretend that they're into it even when they're not. It's true. They want to come off as a freak so that they get a man <clears throat> to think that they are not boring yeah that's very true it's stupid actually it's i i don't get the obsession but whatever it was number f what number uh four on the obsession they so exactly all right number three one direction Ugh. you know i heard something recently somebody one of my Facebook friends posted something about how these guys are the second coming of the Beatles. Okay, first off, first off, Beatles played instruments. These guys dance like queers. All right, these guys get up there and prance around in their uh, their their glittery, sparkly outfits and and pro probably lip sync at their live shows because they seem like the type that would do that. 
Another big news story this year was Britney Spears lip syncing during her her HBO special. Come on. Didn't she get in trouble before for lip syncing? That was uh, Avril Lavigne, I think. No, but I think Britney Spears got in trouble for it once, too. Whatever. I don't know. Why are you surprised? This chick dances, and she's out of breath when she talks. What makes you think that she could do the next song, dancing and singing at the same time when she's out of breath and can't talk in between songs. Come on! Well, One Direction, number three. It's not the first time about lip-syncing. Oh, that was number four, my bad. We got, yeah, we got three more left. All right. Uh, number three, Call Me Maybe. I don't understand why that song got so big. Some hey, girl I just met you. This is crazy. <laughs> my name's John Wayne Gacy. Here's my basement. Maybe. Um, I can't remember how it goes. But <laughs> I, I think that people get obsessed with certain things because it's easy to make fun of. I mean, I, I can almost guarantee you that... The majority of the hits on YouTube that Gangnam Style got were of comedians watching it over and over again to figure out where they could fit the jokes in. All right. That that that's the only real explanation for it. But yeah, call me maybe number 3. Uh number 2, speaking of ridiculousness, Gangnam Style is number two. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I've heard the song so many times. I don't get the obsession with it. I really don't. It's first off, it's not even in friggin' English. You can't understand what the guy's saying. The guy came out a few years ago with a song called "Death to All Yankees" or something like that. So when this song hit it real big in the U.S., everyone is expecting an apology from this guy. But people were expecting an apology from him for that song. It's like, you know what? You're the people who are dumb enough to give this talentless nobody a fucking hit in the U.S. So really, it's your own fault that he did that song several years ago, never really thinking he was going to make any sort of success in the U.S. Okay, the people that like this song are just as dumb as he is. End of story. It's true. What's our number one obsession for 2012? Um, the uh, 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. Eh. Exactly. The only thing that I really saw an obsession with for that was the re-release of the, the movie Titanic... In IMAX format. Yep. You know, 2012, I think, was kind of a low point in popular culture. Simply because we've gotten to a point where in order to get people interested or excited about historical events, we now have to glamorize it. And it all sort of started with Titanic, okay? The movie, they just sort of really only kind of worked in the sinking of the, the ship. 
It was a romance. Okay? So, in order to get people interested in a movie about the Titanic, we had to make it a love story. The only reason I watched that movie, and I think the only reason most guys watch that movie, is for Kate Winslet's tits. I've only actually seen the first hour of it. Kate Winslet's tits are nice. You know, another one was Pearl Harbor. I've never seen it. It was a, a love story. You know, and they only kind of worked in the Pearl Harbor bombing, you know? And the the biggest one this year is the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> you know, 2012, Abraham Lincoln did fantastic at the theater, which, of course, in the past, not so much. Abraham Lincoln does not have a history of success at the theater. But two hit films about Lincoln this year, one of which was very successful. The Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. In order to get people interested in going to see a movie about the Civil War, they have to have vampires in it. Why? Because girls love sparkly vampires. And at one point, there was some sparkling going on in that movie. I haven't seen the whole thing. I saw like the first hour of it, and I did see some sparklage. But it seems like, you know, to get people to go to the theater, you have to dumb things down or make them gay, almost, you know? I don't get it. So, before I uh, have an aneurysm over here, <laughs> we are going to hand out another award. What do we have next? Alright, we have Band or Group of the Year. Crystal, this is all you. It's me. Come and give out this award. Alright. Alright. Band or Group of the Year. We have Mumford and Sons, Stone Sour, The Deftones, The Band Perry, and No Doubt. And the winner for Band or Group of the Year goes to The Deftones. Yay! That was, uh, that was Yay. A, I didn't expect that. I expected all the, the hillbillies to crawl out of the woodwork for that one. The yeah. Band Perry! <laughs> I've never heard a song by them. I never heard of them until like a month or two ago. If I Die Young was like their oh, big hit. Oh, that was them? Yeah, that was like their big hit. Ew. Yeah. Okay. I have heard them then. I love Pretty popular, I guess. More so in, in country music than in the pop charts. Are they actual country? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think Zach Brown Band is probably the only actual country that's that's really out right now. You know what? I actually don't <clears throat> mind the Zach Brown Band. Oh no, they're not bad. I actually kind of like them. I, I hate to admit that, but yeah, I like them. And I'm not a country person. So, <clears throat> as with every other year in history. You have weird news stories that just cannot be explained. 
I have in front of me the uh, top 20 weird news stories for the year. <clears throat> so, number 20, we have Car Lands on Roof. In a scene you would expect in an action movie or a comedy, a stolen car landed on the roof of a house in Fresno, California. Police say the car was going too fast and hit a rock and a tree stump, which launched it into the air onto the roof. The driver of the car fled the scene and was arrested soon after at his girlfriend's home. There were people in the house when the car landed on it, but no one was seriously injured. A towing company had to use a crane to remove the vehicle. Damn Californians. <laughs> <clears throat> Number 19, stolen car returned to bank robber. Bank manager Otto Newman embezzled 150 pounds in cash and gold from the Aristi Bank in Vienna in 1993. He covered up the theft by having accomplices stage a robbery. Of the total, only 51 Oh, no, that's euros, excuse me. It was euros. 51 euros and some gold was recovered when police arrested Newman. The gold went to the insurer and the cash was kept as evidence for 19 years. Now the Austrian Justice Ministry is returning the money to Newman. The insurer compensated the bank for its loss. The gold had, a, the gold had appreciated so much in the intervening years that the insurer suffered no loss in the long run and the ministry feels it has no claim on the cash. You believe that? Wow. Number 18, the fork in the road is taken. The headlines just write themselves. A six foot tall fork appeared in Carlsbad, California in the traffic island at the intersection of Levant Street and Anilo Way on October 16th. The unnamed artist is a 62 year old retired teacher who said he was impressed by the joke in the Muppet movie in which the characters encountered a giant silverware fork when they were looking for a fork in the road. Carlsbad residents got a kick out of the sculpture, but a city crew removed it the next day. Another resident erected a sign in its place that says, Why the, why the fork not? Which the city also removed. Then residents then began taping real, normal-sized forks to a nearby sign. The spokesperson for the city said the sculpture is a code violation. That's that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> Number 17, how do you rehome homing pigeons? Roy Day of Northfleet, Kent, England had 20 homing pigeons in his garden shed. Neighbors complained of the noise and smell and the Gravesham Borough Council notified Day that the pigeons were a health problem and that he would have to sell or give the pigeons away. Day says that if he took the pigeons somewhere else, they would come back because that is that is what homing pigeons do. They gave me a seven-day deadline to get rid of them, but even if they went 150-odd miles away, they'd still come back. They are homing pigeons. 16. Blue Honey Trace 2 M&Ms Beekeepers in northeastern France were puzzled to find their hives were full of honey and a strange blue and green tint. Although flowers bloom in colors, the nectar from them is usually colorless. The culprit turned out to be candy-coated M&Ms. A biogenous plant near Riboville in Alsace had contracted, had contracted with Mars, a candy manufacturer, to process the plant's waste products, which included the colored candy and food dye. The biogenous company was red-faced when confronted with the blue honey and promised to rectify the situation by immediately covering the waste 
to prevent bees from eating it and to process the materials as soon as possible. The blue and green honey will not be sold. Aww. That sucks. That'd be kind of cool. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's true. Uh, number 15. This is definitely interesting. Scottish Village gets a sister city on Mars. Many cities and towns around the world have a link to another city or town far away for friendship and culture exchanges. The village of Glenog on the western coast of Scotland has announced it will twin with another place with the same name. Glenog Mars is the designated name of the spot that the Mars Curiosity rover is headed towards. Officials in Glenog, the Scottish one, held an official twinning ceremony on October 20th. It was a smashing success, and pictures are posted on the Glenog and Arnisdale community portal. Although there were no Martian natives at the ceremony, American astronaut Bonnie Dunbar did attend. That's got to be a first. That's one of them. There's a few others. Yeah. Why the tortoise won't eat is number 14. People ask why England has so many funny news stories. The reason is that American journalists typically skip these kinds of stories in favor of something more earth-shattering. Bless the UK for publishing them. Margaret Parker of Carlisle, England, found a five-inch-long tortoise in her garden. The miniature tortoise was cute, so she brought it inside and tried to feed it. Parker's daughter brought some lettuce for it, but it still wouldn't eat, so the women called Knoxwood Wildlife Rescue Center for advice and a volunteer was sent out. Pauline Adams picked up the tortoise and figured out the problem. She said, at first when I arrived, I didn't have my glasses on and I thought it was a baby tortoise. It was sitting there in the shoebox on a bed of lettuce and tomato. Then I put my specs on and thought, oops, what's this? When I picked it up, I saw the CE mark and the words made in China, and I just cracked up. I laughed even more when she told me her daughter had been to the co-op to buy tomato and lettuce for it. She was very apologetic, judging by the moss on it, and it had been in the garden a long time. Adams and Knoxwood founder George Scott both said Mrs. Parker did the right thing by calling them. She tried to feed a sculpture. Ah. <sighs> So it's not just Americans that are getting dumber, right? Right? There's dumb people all over the world, apparently. Wow. Britain's full of them. Uh, I'm not going to go into all this. Some of these are a bit ridiculous. Um, see, number 10, we have police officer chased himself. In a story that was shared with a monthly police magazine, a police officer in Sussex Sussex, England, ended up chasing himself around for 20 minutes. A CCTV operator saw a suspicious man on the streets and called a plainclothes officer for help. The operator gave directions to the areas where the suspicious man was caught on camera, and the officer always seemed to be close but could not see any evidence of the man. That is until they realized that the suspicious character was actually the plainclothes officer. The date of the misadventure had been lost in the retelling as all police officers involved were too busy laughing. <laughs> Thank God some of these are coming from England because I... Wow. Wow. 
Um, let's go with number one. See what number one is. Amateur art restoration goes all wrong. A fresco of Christ by artist Elias Garcia Martinez was painted more than 100 years ago in a sanctuary of Mercy Church near Zaragoza, Spain. A recent donation from the artist's granddaughter was intended for the painting's restoration. However, cultural officials found that an elderly parishioner had already done her own restoration. The woman, who is in her 80s, did an alarming and unauthorized touch-up of the original work that completely covered Martinez's painting. Although she claims the priest gave her permission, the woman had eventually realized she was having trouble with the job and contacted the cultural ministry for guidance, but it may be too late to save any of Martinez's work. If the painting cannot be recovered, a photograph of the original baby be mounted over what now adorns the wall, which you must see to believe. The restored picture became one of the biggest internet memes of the year. The elderly art restorer, Cecilia Jimenez, became an instant celebrity. Wow. And this woman is now demanding royalties for uh, her work. <laughs> That takes some balls. <laughs> yeah. Damn Spaniards. I fucked up an old hundred-year-old piece of art. Now give me money. Yeah. That's uh, that's how it goes, I guess. So we're a little bit behind on the uh, Anarchy Awards. So I am going to jump to the next one. What do you um, got for us? We have two more in music, and Country's supposed to do one of them if he ever freaking calls me. Uh, if I don't hear from Country during the next musical break, then I'm just going to do it myself. Um, right now we have Most Fashionable Musician of 2012. The nominees for Most Fashionable Musician of the Year are Nikki Six, Gwen Stefani, Davey Suicide, Travis Barker, and Blake Shelton. The winner for Most Fashionable Musician of the Year is, of course, one of the most fashionable musicians of the past 30 years, Nikki Six. All right, with that being said, you can find all the awards up till now on the website, brandedchaos.weebly.com. If you want to join in on the show at any time, you could Skype us, planetchaosradio at gmail.com, or I mean, yeah, Planet Chaos Radio on Skype, and if you want to email us, it's planetchaosradio at gmail.com. Just jumping a little ahead of myself there. All right, we're going to take a little bit of a musical break. Here's Stained with Not Again. Okay, so every year around this time, Forbes magazine comes out with their top 100 celebrities of the year. <clears throat> so I have in front of me the top 20 celebrities on the Forbes Celebrity 100. Some of them... Some of them may surprise you. Others will make you want to pull your hair out. And there's some of them where you're, you're, you're kind of like, okay, I kind of see that. It seems legit. Uh, number 20, Tyler Perry. 
you know, and I don't really see the draw of, of Tyler Perry. I don't see why people like him so much. I've seen his work. I don't think he's that funny. And, you know, people, it's mainly black people, rave about how funny he is. But what I've seen of him, it seems like it's more dramatic. It's a lot of black drama. You know, have you seen any of his, like the Medea movies? You know, the only funny stuff that I've seen in the Medea movies are the scenes that she's actually in. Yep. The other stuff, it's just pure, like, soap opera, sort of, like, black drama. You know what, I... Yeah, I I just don't see the appeal that he has, especially as a you know comedic actor, comedic writer. It's nothing that Eddie Murphy hasn't been doing for years. As far as the humor, yeah, but yeah, Eddie Murphy's known for playing a bunch of roles, just as Tyler Perry does too. No. Um, I know the the Alex Cross movie was pretty popular. I didn't get so, to see it. Well, it just came out like last month, so. I haven't been to the theater for a while, so I haven't seen it either. Um, at number 19, um, this is one of the ones that will make you pull your hair out. Rush Limbaugh. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, number 18, of course, Simon Cowell. No surprise there. Uh, number 17, Elton John. Huh. Kind of interesting, that one. Uh, number 16, uh, someone we discussed a little bit earlier, Beyonce Knowles. It's, her legal last name is actually Beyonce Carter now. Right. Um, number 15, uh, probably, uh, the most hated athlete in the history of sports, LeBron James. At least as, as far as Ohio goes, he's definitely very hated. Uh, number 14, uh, The Donald, Mr. Donald Trump. Number 13, Angelina Jolie. I didn't even realize she was still relevant. I mean, wasn't the last thing that she did, that movie she did with, uh... What was that movie she Johnny did? Johnny Depp, Salts? No, I was thinking Johnny? Geely. What is that? Geely. The movie she did with Ben Affleck? I've never heard of that. I don't uh, know. Okay. Well, that's, that was a long time. No, 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 no. Um... Brad Pitt. She did a movie with Brad Pitt. Uh, Mr. Mr. Mrs. Smith. Smith. That's the last thing I remember doing. That was, uh, <coughs> was probably a good eight years ago, maybe. Um, number 12, another extremely hated athlete, mostly by women, Tiger Woods. Number 11, Taylor Swift, who probably released one of the worst songs of the year. And it had... <laughs> I hadn't heard it when I did the lamest songs of 2012 list. And, you know, I, I gotta say, like, if this had come out by the Call Me Maybe chick or Selena Gomez or one of the iCarly bitches, you know, I probably would have said, okay, it's a cute song. You know, but not by Taylor Swift, who has established, you know, some phenomenal credibility in the music industry. Being that she was 15 and, you know, wrote some, you know, pretty deep songs. 
know, people put her down because all of her songs are about breakups. But I mean, if you listen to you know the the big two big hits off that first album, um, "Teardrops on My Guitar" and Tim McGraw are both pretty deep songs for a 15 year old. You know, and so she's always been known for writing her own material. And here she is on this new album, collaborating with guys like Max Martin, who, you know, these are people who are known for writing songs for like NSYNC and Britney Spears and uh, Lady Gaga. And now she's, you know, losing credibility because she wants to make a pop album. You know, Jewel did that. And guess what? We haven't heard from her since. Probably not the smartest move for Taylor Swift. Uh, number 10, Steven Spielberg, who uh, was the most hated man in America a few years ago when he uh, came out with the new Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> People were not happy about that, but he has redeemed himself lately. Uh, number 9, uh, Tom Cruise, of course, has that new movie coming out. Um, Rock of Ages? No, 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 no. no. Uh, this is a new one that it just came out on Christmas Day. I can't Max something. I can't remember what it was called. Look that up for me. Um, number eight is Katy Perry. No big shock there. I mean, she set some records this year. Um, was the... She tied Michael Jackson's album, or Michael Jackson's record for... Uh, most songs off, of, or uh, for five songs off of one album to go to number one. Um, I think she actually had six singles off of that album overall going number one. I, I can't remember exactly what the records are. I'll look it up here in a minute. Um, number seven, Kim Kardashian. I didn't think the Kardashians were still relevant. I didn't think so either. I, I don't know. Uh, number six. Another one I didn't realize was still relevant. Britney Spears. Yep. Number five, Lady Gaga, which is kind of a shock because she didn't do anything in 2012 except get fat. So I don't, she didn't even tour this year. How did she? Uh, how did she make this list? She didn't even tour this year. She. Didn't, she. She had a couple. She. She. Born this way this she, year. No, she she just lost a bunch of Grammys to Adele. I mean, that's that and got fat. That's all she did this year. Well, she was probably active in the gay community and. Uh, Maybe she made a couple uh, appearances at gay pride her, festivals. She's been talking about her new upcoming album, Art Pop. Yeah, I don't want to even hear it. Um, let's see. Number four, Rihanna. Number three, uh, Justin Timberlake Jr. The Beebs. You know, here's what I don't get about Bieber. I don't understand like this huge popularity he has. He's had what? Two hits? Right? That sound about right? That baby baby song and then uh, that boyfriend song. Girlfriend. That's called Boyfriend. No. His song is it's called oh, Boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. The song he did with Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Oh. yeah. When I first heard it, it sounded a lot like um, Justin, Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. Yeah, but you know he had one hit in two 
2010, and he had a hit this year. And so I understand, like, I know he did put out a movie about his struggles, which I thought was kind of funny. Like, man, you did not get shot in the head nine times. You don't need to make a movie. All right. Number two, Oprah Winfrey. Makes you want to pull your hair out, right? You know, the Oprah Winfrey show ended last year. So what she do? She comes out with a new talk show. How is this any different from your last talk show, woman? <laughs> Alright? Get the fuck out of here with this shit. The number one celebrity of the year, Jennifer Lopez. Who I can't stand. I like can't stand Jennifer Lopez. I don't mind Jennifer Lopez. Oh, I can't stand her. I don't mind her. Can't stand it. Did not like her when she did that movie. About She's the, done a few movies. The only one I know of is the movie she did about the dead singer. She was on in Living Color before that as a dancer. She did a movie where she was a dead singer. And then all of a sudden she's like, I can make music now too. Banged Ben Affleck for a while, disappeared, and now she's on American Idol and she's a huge celebrity again. I don't know what movie you were talking about from Tom Cruise, but I have three upcoming movies. No, two. No. Okay. One came out this year, Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher, that's it. I thought it was Max something. Jack Reacher, okay. <coughs> that's what, yeah. It's supposed to be some huge, huge film. They're, they're like comparing it to that uh, I Am Human movie with uh, Will Smith. You mean I Am Legend? Whatever. I don't keep track of Will Smith. That was a good movie. I, don't, I can't stand Will Smith. Oh my god. He was funny when he was tossing DJ Jazzy Jeff out of the house by his fucking shirt. Not so funny when he started doing movies. I can't stand him as a dramatic actor because every time I see him, I see that goofy fucking head bob he does. I, I don't know. And that gay ass handshake. I think as he gets older, he gets hotter. I like Will And Smith. less talented? No. I think he should never have started doing music. I think his kids never should have started doing music. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, probably one of the worst songs in history is I Whip My Hair Back and Forth by Willow Smith, who obviously was named after her dad. Uh, funny, two kids. The girl named after him. The boy named after her. And didn't they get divorced this year, too? I don't know. They've been together for a while. She made an appearance on The Fresh Prince, and then they got married, like, right after that. Weird. But, yeah, I, I see Will Smith, and I'm only going to see him as The Fresh Prince. That's all he ever was. That's all he ever will be. He's not a talented actor. He was good in I Am Legend. I, I didn't even want to see it. It's just aliens and... It's not my thing. Aliens? <laughs> Or is it robots or something? No. It was, um... Nuclear war? No, it was a virus that caused people to turn into vampires. Oh, great. The vampire movie. But it was good. I don't know. Like I said, I'm just... The vampires weren't all sparkly. They were ugly, nasty monsters that couldn't be out in the sun. I don't know. If you want my opinion, Will Smith is just about as relevant as Kid and Play. And that's about the truth. 
Yeah, you remember the house party movies, Kid and Play? They were a rap group. They were like the LMFAO of the 80s. <laughs> Them and Criss Cross. Oh my, Criss Cross. How old are those guys now? Uh, I think they're both dead, actually. Dead? I'm pretty sure they're both dead. How did they die? I think one was killed in a car accident and the other died of a drug or... No, it's Millie Vanilli. Millie Vanilli's dead? Yeah. The one killed himself the other died in a car accident. I get all those duos mixed up. They're all the same. LMFAO is just an updated version. But yeah, I just I I never liked Will Smith really. I mean, what movies did he do in the nineties? He did that. Uh, he did he did do an Alien movie at some point. Uh, what was it? Independence Day. That's it. Independence Day. I liked Independence Day. I. It was funny. Who was the president in that movie? I can't remember his name now. I don't remember. Um, Bill Pullman. I liked him in it. And then uh, Jeff Goldblum. I always like Jeff Goldblum. You can't go wrong putting Jeff Goldblum in a movie. I have a thing for Jeff Goldblum. But Jeff Goldblum just could not save that movie. He did a lot of scenes with Will Smith, and I just think Will Smith is just. He's. He wants to hog the, the screen, he wants to be the, the focal point, he wants to be the center of attention, and he's just not that talented. You know? Just my opinion, I guess. It is. What else? Did, the Wild West movie. Oh, I didn't Come see on. that. Come on. I didn't see that. I heard it was all And then every movie he put out in the 90s, he did, the, he did a song for it. The Wild Wild West, and then uh, uh, Men in Black. <laughs> the only good thing about Men in Black was Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio was funny in that one. Hey, Johnny Knoxville was in... What, he, the second one? He was in the second one, yeah. And they just put out a third one, didn't they? Yeah. Isn't Tommy Lee Jones dead? No. <laughs> Looks like it. Maybe he is. You know he was roommates with Al Gore in college? No. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine, like, after an inconvenient truth came out, Tommy Lee Jones doing here? So, what was it like being roommates with Al Gore? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the movie? You tell me. Still not as funny as uh, Dan Quayle, though. Potato with an E. Dan Quayle was the best vice president ever. <laughs> so says Dan Quayle. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> I remember them making fun of Dan Quayle on the, what was that, uh, Tiny Tunes? I was just little when that was out. I don't... I I don't think I ever watched Tiny Tunes. Never heard of it. It was awesome. It was like the kids of the Looney Tunes. Ah, okay. You know, watching it when I was older, it was a lot more adult-oriented humor that was hidden in it. But you find that in a lot of kids' movies. So, okay, I, I mentioned Katy Perry earlier. Mm -hmm. And this was a big year for her. 
even though her album came out like two years ago. Came out uh, in the fall of 2010. Um, she had that movie this year, re-released Teenage Dream with a couple new songs. Um, Teenage Dream tied or broke a multitude of records throughout its run, some of which included being one of only three albums to have six or more top five singles from one album on the Billboard Hot 100 charts, which ties her with Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814 and George Michael's Faith. It's the only album ever to have seven songs top the Billboard Hot Dance Club songs chart, breaking the previous record by Beyonce's I Am Sasha Fierce and Christine W's The Power of Music, both with six songs. Perry had also scored five number ones from Teenage Dream, making her the second artist in the chart's 53-year history to amass five number one singles from one album over its first release after Michael Jackson achieved defeat with his album Bad, and the first female in history to achieve this milestone. Those five songs led Perry to spend a total of 19 weeks atop the chart, with the release of Last Friday Night TGIF remix the following week. The song climbed one spot, becoming Teenage Dream's fifth number one single. Wow. <clears throat> oh, it's, uh, there's more of them. Um, five singles from Teenage Dream have topped the have topped the adult top 40 chart and all six have top mainstream top 40 chart both more than any other album in each respective charts history additionally with seven chart toppers from waking up in vegas perry broke the record for the longest streak of number ones on the mainstream top 40 set by lady gaga's first six singles the singles also allow perry to have an unprecedented 69-week-long streak in the Hot 100's Top 10, as well as a 71-week Top 10 streak on the Airplay chart. Perry, had all, Perry also has the most number one singles, four, from one album to top the Canadian Hot 100. Wait, I'm not done. Combined, the songs have sold a total of 35 million copies worldwide aside from the album. Also, the first five singles from the album topped the charts in the United States and attained top 10 positions in more than 20 countries. All five singles also topped the digital and airplay charts, making her the first artist ever to have five number one singles in the airplay chart. Perry is the only artist to spend over 52 consecutive weeks in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100 and has since heightened this to 69 weeks with the first five singles from the album, breaking the previous record by Ace of Base of 48 weeks with three singles. On mainstream top 40, holds the unique record of the artist chart history to have four songs from the same album in the top five of most weekly plays. One, Last Friday Night. Two, E.T. Three, California Girls. And five, Fireworks. And all of the songs that were number one on the Billboard Mainstream Top 40 were a total of 28 weeks atop the chart. With the first single from the re-release, Part of Me, the song was the 20th song to debut at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, making her the artist with the most number ones, six in the 2010s, tied with Rihanna. With the second and final single from re-release, Wide Awake, the song was the 10th number one consecutive on Billboard Hot Dance Club Songs, Club songs chart, since her single, Waking Up in Vegas, from One of the Boys, tied with Jennifer Lopez for the longest streak of number one singles. 
and its eighth consecutive top three on Billboard Hot 100 charts since her single California Girls. The song is her ninth number one single on Billboard mainstream top 40 pop songs, tying her with Rihanna as the artist with the most number one singles on the chart. The song is her seventh. The song is her seven number one single on Billboard Adult Top 40, setting a new record in the chart. She was on fire this year, I'm telling you. Breaking charts, or breaking records on the charts, and that craziness, you know? And how old is she? She's young. 24, maybe? Yeah, she's, uh, like I said, she was on fire this year. Um, last year even, I mean, she, how many, 71 weeks, 70 week top 10 streak on the airplay chart, that's well over a year, it's close to a year and a half, plus she had that movie that came out this year, um, she did a, she did the voice of Smurfette in the Smurfs movie too, did you know that? Yep. Yeah. So, and what's funny is when I Kissed a Girl came out, I predicted that she was not going to be uh, sticking around. I said she's going to have this one novelty hit and then disappear. But uh, look at her breaking all kinds of records. You know, though, I do, I, I do think it's kind of sad, though, with the uh, adult top 40, her and Rihanna tied for the most singles at number one. Because they're both pretty new, you know? Yeah, Rihanna's had a pretty good year too. I, I really not quite as good as her, but she's had a pretty good year. I, I said it before, like I just I remember these two singles from Rihanna this year, and that's it. And that's uh We Found Love and uh whatever that new one is. I can't remember Diamonds. what it's called. Diamond, yeah. Where have you been came out, you to one came out, birthday cake no, came Little no, White Girls, just, Speaking of Onyx, I know. Birthday Cake was a single? Yeah. So it was like a minute and a half long. No, with Chris Brown it's longer. The one on the album, it cuts her off because Chris Brown is supposed to be featured, but they didn't put him on the album. Okay, so I haven't heard the full version then. It's, uh, okay. I don't get it, but alright. I think she did like one or two songs with Chris Brown on her new album. Who would do a song with Chris Brown? Apparently Lil Wayne. <laughs> a lot of people have done hey, songs with Chris, Chris Brown. Brown. Pretty sure he could transform you. <laughs> Seriously, I thought like I thought that song was Chris Brown singing to Lil Wayne, like I can transform, I can turn you into a homo. But then I'm thinking, Lil Wayne is a homo. <laughs> what the hell am I thinking? You know, kissing dudes on the lips and pictures and shit. Wearing girls' pants and... And then he's got his alter ego, Nicki Minaj, where he's in drag. <laughs> Nicki Minaj, what the fuck? I think she's... How did she become so famous? Because she's hot. She has a song about bees in a trap or something. <laughs> She has a song called I Shitted On Him. She has a song called Stupid Hell. <laughs> shitted is not the past tense of shit. It's shat. So it should be I shat on him. Well, it's shitted. 
I shitted on him. Seriously. Stupid hoe. Stupid hoe. That's all I have to say. And her unintelligible... She does those weird, like, voices, and it's just mumbling. And then she's got, like, the, like, ba-doom, ba-doom, ba-doom bass. That's the chorus of this song. Come on! Ba-doom, ba-doom, bass. That's the chorus of the song. That's how it goes. I cannot make these things up. If you've ever heard the song Super Bass, that's how it goes. I actually kind of like that song. I actually kind of like Nicki Minaj. But I wouldn't actively... She, she makes the big mistake that a lot of rappers make nowadays, rhyming a word with that same word. See, I wouldn't listen to her outside of going to a bar, though. I wouldn't sit down and be like, Oh, Nicki Minaj's album is awesome. I shit it on. <laughs> I shit it on. It's fun to dance to. Put your number twos in the air if you did it on them. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. You're about as bad as Kesha. I kind of like listening to Kesha at the bars, too. With her digital stutters. This place about to blow. Because uh, 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 uh. I couldn't come up with any more words for the damn chorus. Did you ever see the video for that? There's I don't want to. Unicorns and rainbows and James Vanderbeek. And then, <laughs> and then, she... <coughs> James Vanderbeek. No lie. She sampled the Snake Charmer song and sang a song to the tune of the Snake Charmer song. What song are you talking about? The Glitter on the Floor song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, is not about a gay bar. It's about a strip club. About a titty bar. I've never been to a titty bar. I have. Plenty of times. Chapter one of my book. You should take... Everyone from the show to a titty bar. I might. I can't even imagine country at a strip club. He gets kicked out. He touch. Am I supposed to touch? No, I don't think he'd touch. I think he'd Oh, faint. I think he would touch. I think he'd faint. Why, because he's never seen boobs? No, he's seen them. He's just never... Are you sure? We have no proof that country's ever seen titties. Well, what about his girlfriend? I don't know that he's seen them. I've heard them doing some things. I haven't. I have. Alright. Crystal, since country has not called. Is it my turn? Best new artist. Alright. Which was a tough one because uh, two people that I know are on here. My, my vote was kind of, I didn't even <laughs> vote, so go for it. Best new artist. Okay, best new artist of 2012. Nominees are Davey Suicide, Ellie Golding, Machine Gun Kelly, Havana Brown, and Two Chains. <laughs> Two Chains! <laughs> and the winner of Best New Artist of 2012 Two <laughs> is not Two Chains. <laughs> it's MGK. Oh, MGK. He deserves it. He deserves it. He's a, he's a hardworking guy. I, I like Kel. Good dude. So there you have it. Best new artist of 2012, Machine Gun Kelly. 
And we are going to jump into the next one. That that leaves that we're done with, with music right now, which is cool. I mean, we're going into television and film right now. This one, best actor in a film. People are going to either agree or disagree with this one. Whatever, screw you, I like the nominees. Best actor in a film, nominees are Paul Rudd, which I I haven't seen. This is 40 yet, but really want to see it. It looks really good. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. From what I hear, he, he did really good in the Lincoln movie. Uh, Seth Rogen, who has Guilt Trip. It's out in theaters right now. Sean William Scott, who came back as Stifler this year. And Vanilla Ice. Who, whoever would have thought in a million years that Vanilla Ice would have a nomination for Best Actor in a Film? And the winner for Best Actor in a Film, Vanilla Ice for That's My Boy. What the fuck? That's right. He got my vote. I did not rig this either, alright? Vanilla Ice, Best Actor in a Film. You know what? I'm not gonna lie. He was great in that movie. He played himself. He played an arrogant asshole. Working at the skating rink. <laughs> oh. What is he doing? Isn't he like working on houses and shit? Yeah, he's a juggalo too. Ugh. That means Alyssa probably wants to hump him. <sighs> Ooh. That's what she gets for not showing up. She ain't even listening, it's cool. Alright, we're gonna take a bit of a musical break. Right now, there's New Medicine with Race You to the Bob. songs on Planet Chaos in 2012. Uh, number five, we have Ozzy Osbourne with Mr. Crowley. Number four, Steel Panther with Community Property. At number three, Polka Dot Cadaver with Chloroform Girl. Number two, Davy Suicide with Generation Fuckstar. And number one, as I already mentioned, New Medicine with Race You to the Bottom. Uh, the the top three, they they got a lot of play. <laughs> Probably had the most consecutive weeks being played on the show between the three of them. Uh, I played the crap out of all those songs all summer long on the show, and even later. But they're all great songs nonetheless. And I have no idea where the hell Crystal went. She was in the room, but she disappeared. So I'm in here by myself right now. Alright, make sure you guys tune in next week. <clears throat> It'll be the final episode of the season. January 6th, we have the 2013 preview. We're talking about upcoming events in 2013. 
as well as the top five most anticipated albums of the year and the top five most anticipated films of the year. Then we're going to take a couple weeks off, and we will be back just a few weeks later after two weeks with no show. We'll be back on January 27th with the top five albums of our childhoods and the top five films of our childhoods. So with next season, you'll be able to get a little bit more of a glimpse into the lives of the cast of the show. Definitely going to be very interesting. On uh, February 3rd, we're going to be doing a Super Bowl special. We'll be on during the game, and we will be calling the game, watching the game, partying, drinking, you know, all that good shit. And we'll be doing the top five novelty songs and top five Adam Sandler films. On February 10th, we have the top five romantic songs and top five romantic films. And probably exchanged a few Valentine's Day horror stories that day. Should be a good time. On February 17th, top five songs the year that you were born and top five films the year you were born. Once again, taking a look into the lives of all the cast members. On February 24th, we have the top five albums from high school and top five films from high school. March 3rd, top five cover songs and top five guilty pleasure films. March 10th, top five guilty pleasure songs and top five films rooted in Northeastern Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. On March 17th, which is St. Paddy's Day, we have the top five songs about death and top five black comedy films. On March 24th, top five Beatles solo songs and top five mafia movies. March 31st, top five power ballads and top five stand-up comics turned actors. April 7th, top five epic songs and top five epic films. Then ending season four on April 14th, which will be our one-year anniversary bash, we have the top five songs that make you want to get naked and top five trippy films. With all these top fives going on, it's going to be really hard to decide what to do for season five, but I'm sure we could do it as we always do. Right now, we are going to briefly dive back into some music. I need to give my voice a little bit of a break. We are about halfway through the second episode tonight. And right now, here's Puddle of Mud with their cover of Freeze All Right Now. All right, it's time now to do Best Actor in Television. That's your cue, Crystal. Our nominees are John Cryer, Jim Parsons, Ice-T, Mark Harmon, and Seth Green. And the winner for Best Actor in Television for 2012 is John Cryer. I think there's no denying that. What the hell was Seth Green in? Uh, Robot Chicken. Oh, okay. Family Guy. Well, yeah, but... It counts. He's voice acting. It's acting. I'm in love with Seth Green. Oh, the hell's the matter with you? Most geeks are in love with Jim Parsons. I I really don't think he's that good of an actor. I really don't. What's he in? Big Bang Theory. Sheldon. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I actually think... <clears throat> he, he makes me not want to watch the show. I just, I don't find him entertaining. Like, that, I think that show would be a lot better without Sheldon. 
You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Most people feel the opposite way about it. I just, I don't find it, I don't find the character of Sheldon entertaining. You're still looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. You, do you like Sheldon? Sheldon's alright. Alright. Yeah. I don't love him and I don't hate him. Uh, he makes me not want to watch the show. I, I I think that probably what probably the most entertaining thing about the show is the relationship between Leonard and, and Penny. Right. To me, that's the most entertaining thing about the show. And then <clears throat> you know uh, Howard and Raj kind of add a little bit to it. But I, I really think they could do without Sheldon. Just my opinion, though. And you can't really go wrong with Ice T. I think Ice-T Ice is extremely underrated for that role. Yeah, and really, I mean, Ice-T's on here. He, It could go either way with this one. Cause you got him on S, you know, SVU, and then he's also got his own show with uh, his wife. Ice Loves Coco, I think oh, is the yeah. name of it. That's still on? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Ice-T, Ice I love Ice-T. He... You know, he was a good addition to that show when he first came on. He's been great ever since. <laughs> that show's got a great cast, even without Christopher Maloney. It's still got a great cast. You know, Mariska Hargitay, who doesn't enjoy looking at her? And then, uh, I can't remember his name, the guy from Cold Case that's on there now. Plays Detective Amaro. I like him a lot. And I, how could you not like Richard Belzer? The guy's amazing. What do you say about Richard Belzer and Ice-T? They're like Beavis and Butthead. They are. They really are like Beavis and Butthead. Um, well, the, the new girl that's on there, I can't remember her name, the new detective, the blonde. The one that had the gambling problem, she's really cute too. And I do like Mark Harmon. Not gonna lie, Mark Harmon. I I really liked him better though when he was uh, in that movie Summer School, which you have never seen. You gotta watch that movie sometimes. Really Mark fun. Harmon. NCIS, the gray-haired guy. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. He had a movie in the '80s uh, with Jodie Foster called Stealing Home. It's kind of a cult classic. Really good movie. I I like Mark Harmon though. Good stuff. But yeah, John Cryer. I I definitely have to agree. Best actor in television, right now. That you know, as much as I like Charlie Sheen, that that show will will go on forever as long as John Cryer continues to be funny. All right, so with uh, 2013 only 24 hours away, got any big plans for 2013, Crystal? What Not do you really. What do you got planned for the next year? Find you have, a job. You have a New Year's resolution. Find a job. Other than that, what's your New Year's resolution? Get a Okay. <laughs> Anything else? Um, possibly go back to school. Yeah. Be in a nicer place. Okay. Anything else? Lose about 50 pounds. <laughs> you don't have any big plans for the year, though? Not really. Any, any goals you'd like to accomplish? Anything long-term, maybe? I said 
possibly go back to school. Okay. I think my only goal for this year is to get this book out. Yep. <clears throat> 2013. You know, never thought I'd see the year. <laughs> thought I'd either self-destruct or the world would self-destruct. Technically, the world's supposed to end last week. But it didn't. The Mayans were wrong. So, do you have anything besides wanting to get the book out? No, not really. That's about it. It's the same goal every year, just live day by day. You know, I don't... People make New Year's resolutions every year. Most people don't stick to it. So, I, I don't like to put any any big goals out there for the year. I just, you know, I, day by day. You know, I find it easier to keep any sort of New Year's resolution if you're just living day by day. Don't set some unrealistic goal. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to get into shape, you know, which usually goes out the window by Martin Luther King Day. You I know? have my, I went way over my goal this year with losing weight, so whatever. Well, for most people, it's pretty unrealistic the, the way they uh, do their New Year's resolutions. So I, I think they kind of kind of destroy any chance of their hopes and dreams coming true with their New Year's resolutions because they just they 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 don't really try hard enough to change what they want to change. You know, it's the same thing with you know with uh, Catholics with Lent. You know, the whole point of it is. You know, to feel what Jesus felt during his 40 days of fasting. It's to make a sacrifice. And it doesn't necessarily mean if you really like chocolate to give up chocolate. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not the point of Lent. It's Actually, like, Lent is supposed to make you reevaluate yourself. And exactly. you're supposed to try to keep up with that. Exactly. It's like Lewis Black said, you know. You're not going to feel, you know. I can't remember how he said it, but he said, you know, some fat bitch giving up chocolate is not the same as Jesus starving himself for 40 days and 40 nights, you know? The whole point of it is you're supposed to give up a vice that you have and keep it going even after Lent, you know? That's what it's supposed to be. You know, like, like if you have a gambling problem, give up gambling. If you have a drinking problem, give up drinking. You have a drug problem, give up drugs. You know, or if you're a shitty parent, become a better parent. You know, it's not just about giving something up and then doing it again after Lent's over with. Same goes with New Year's resolutions. Most people, you know, a lot of people don't even get as far as Martin Luther King Day before they give it up. A lot of people forget about it at midnight when the ball drops. You're not paying attention to me. Bitch, get off your phone. Anything to add? You sure? Okay. All right, we're going to take a bit of a musical break. Another uh, song from this year. Good tune called Psycho California by Hotel Diablo. <laughs>
about an hour left in the show, and we still have four categories to tackle for the Anarchy Awards. Right now, I'm going to give you the best actress in film. Alright, the nominees for best actress in film are as follows. Katherine Heigl, Barbara Streisand, Megan Fox, Jennifer Lawrence, and Cameron Diaz. And the winner for Best Actress in Film in 2012 is Katherine Heigl. I don't think there's any denying her uh, performance in her first ever action film as a bounty hunter. You didn't see that movie, did you? No. I'm gonna have to make you watch that sometime. It's a good film. She even has a sexy Brooklyn accent going on. I like it. So, are you ready to do Best Actress in Television? Sure. Are you sure about that? I know you're going to like these nominees, too. <clears throat> Alright, Crystal. It was Best Actress in Television. All right. We have Allison, Han Allison Hannigan, Eva Longoria, Mariska Hargitay, Kaylee Cuoco, and Tina Fey. And the winner for Best Actress in Television is Kaylee Cuoco. That's how you pronounce her name, right? Cuoco? I think so. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know, but but I got to give her eight simple rules on how to make my cock hard. No. <laughs> uh, I'd like to big bang her. It's so easy. These jokes write themselves. It's right? true. She is hot, though. Actually, though, I don't think she's as hot as the other chick on uh, on how on uh, Big Bang Theory. Um, she's pretty hot too. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, that is the one I'm talking about. Yeah, she she's hotter. I also like uh, Raj's sister. She's really hot. Oh yeah, she yeah. is. <clears throat> and I also like. Uh, um, I can't remember her real name. Damn it! But uh, she she dated Leonard for a minute on the show. She actually was supposed to go out with Howard, but ended up dating Leonard. She was on a couple episodes of uh, Two and a Half Men, which is also a Chuck Lorre show. She played uh, Berta's daughter. She was pregnant. You know yeah. who I'm talking about? Yeah, but yeah. I don't know her name. I can't remember her name, but I think she's pretty hot, too. We're being nerdy guys. They get some hot girls on that show. With the exception, of course, of Blossom. Well, Blossom is supposed to look frumpy in the show. And, uh... Darlene Connor. Oh, no. Sarah Gilbert, right? Yeah. I have a thing for Sarah Gilbert. Oh, her sister's hot, but she is not. I think she's hot. I think she's quite hit myself. I think she looks so much better than she did on Roseanne. Mm, I, I just don't find her attractive. Isn't she on some talk show, though, too? I don't know. I don't know. I don't really find her attractive at all. All right, right now I'm going to give you the top 10 
most jaw-dropping events of 2012. Queen Elizabeth II and James Bond parachute into Olympic Stadium. Slumdog Millionaire director Danny Boyle came up with plenty of eye-catching visuals for the opening ceremony of the London Summer Olympics, but none more surprising than enlisting Queen Elizabeth II herself for a James Bond adventure alongside 007 star Daniel Craig. The highlight was the moment that the super spy and the unflappable 86-year-old monarch appeared to parachute into the stadium from a helicopter. Who knew that the queen had such a sense of humor, or was such a badass? I didn't see that. Did you see that? No. We did watch a bit of the uh, Olympics, me, you, and Alyssa. Oh, yes, and of course, Snooki becomes a mom. After years of predictably outrageous misbehavior on Jersey Shore, about the most shocking thing the pint-sized party animal could have done was settle down and become a mom, which she did, giving birth to son Lorenzo in August. Dad is fiancé Johnny Laval. And quitting her hard-partying ways, much to the dismay of her Jersey Shore castmates. That show finally went off the damn air. Can you believe that? I am so excited about that. No more Jersey Shore. How horrible was that show? Rihanna and Chris Brown reunite! This I think everyone was shocked about. Showing up with abusive ex Brown pretty much everywhere from your Instagram snaps to your latest CD. What's that all about? You called your new album Unpologetic, so your fans are forced to assume that you know what you're doing, but they're still puzzled. Yeah, you know, I heard stuff about that here and there i didn't realize like are they back together yeah they're like full on back together yeah didn't he like didn't he like beat the bitch in the mouth a few times yeah yeah apparently she felt she deserved it i guess so <laughs> uh clint eastwood in the chair this was this was talked about all over the place. The 82-year-old Hollywood icon stole the Republican National Convention away from the presidential nominee Mitt Romney with his bizarre speech, involving a debate against President Obama as represented by an empty chair. Was he having a senior moment or just improvising a brilliant piece of satirical performance art? We'll let you vote on that one. Donald Trump tries to bribe Obama. Did you hear about this one? No. After a couple of years of flirting with presidential politics and with claims that he could prove President Barack Obama's Hawaiian birth certificate was a forgery, the apprentice mogul announced a late campaign bombshell in October. Actually, it was more of wet prop bottle rockets and offered to pay $5 million to the charity of pre the president's choice if Obama would release his college transcripts and passport application. Most scoffed at Trump's incredibly self-serving offer, the president ignored it and Mitt Romney probably facepalmed. This kind of help right before the election, he didn't need. Um, yeah. And then, of course, uh, Donald Trump went off election night before all the votes were even in, stating that for the first time in history, a president lost the uh, popular vote and got the electoral vote which of course was wrong he didn't get he did get the popular vote 
And there was four times in history where that happened. The first one, of course, being President Bush in uh, 2000. So nice try there, Donald. Kate Middleton topless photo scandal. I didn't even hear about this. Did you hear about this? Yeah. Is this is does this have anything to do with the the prank phone calls to the hospital with the nurse who killed herself? I don't think so. Okay. Sure, we practically expected a nude photo scandal involving Prince Harry, but not one three weeks later involving the very proper and discreet Duchess of Cambridge. Granted, it wasn't her fault that paparazzi invaded the privacy of a friend's remote chalet and snapped Kate sunbathing topless at a secluded place where no one should have been able to see her. Still, there was some embarrassment, some legal action, and a hard lesson for the Duchess that she no longer has any such thing as reasonable expectation of privacy. This is the first time I've ever actually seen a picture of her. Isn't she hot? She's, uh, she's definitely married to the guy for money. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Um, the, the, the Brits do not... Especially the royal family do not have a uh, reputation for being good-looking people. No, they really don't. Just look at the guys from Oasis and Ringo Starr. <laughs> well, none of the Beatles were really that uh, attractive. You know, George was probably the best-looking of the Beatles. You know, I have to agree, but he <laughs> still wasn't very... Uh, no. You know, Ringo Starr's sons are actually very attractive guys. Yeah. Have you seen Zach Starkey... Uh, he, Plays for the Who. I looked at him. I'm like, he kind of he's got Ringo's nose, but I mean, he, he looks like somebody I would hang out with. You know, he looks like the type of dude that I would you know kick it with, watch a game. You know, of course we watch different types of football, but still, you know, I'd hang out with him. Ringo, however, doesn't. I mean, the young Ringo does not look like someone I'd hang out with. He looks like someone I'd give a wedgie to and shove into a locker. Um. This one, you, you know, I do not follow either of these two people. In fact, I don't even know who the dude is. Um, but this, I heard this was all over the news this year. Kristen Stewart cheats on Robert Pattinson. I know Kristen Stewart is the Twilight chick, and she was in The Runaways. Really? Yeah. Doesn't look like him in the picture. Yeah. Durr. Okay. Turns out that the ultimate... Confirmation that the Twilight sweethearts were a couple in real life as well came with the revelation that Stewart had stepped out on Pattinson with her Snow White and the Huntsman director, the married Rupert Sanders. Gossips dined out all summer and well into the fall on the contrast between the purity and fidelity of Bella Swan. Really, that's her name in the movie, Bella Swan? Yeah. Swan. Swan, yes. Swan. Isn't like the ballet swan? Yeah. Wow. Isabella Swan. Wow. Wow. Oh, what's the guy's name? Um, I keep thinking of... Jacob? Isn't that it? No, that's the wolf. No, I keep thinking of There's his name in Harry Potter. Um, Daniel Radcliffe. No, no, no. I mean, he was in a Harry Potter movie. Oh, I thought you were talking... Isn't and that his name? Isn't that his name in the movie? No. Daniel Radcliffe? Well, no, Daniel Radcliffe is the guy who plays Harry Potter. Oh, okay. You're not keeping I don't, up here. I don't follow chick flicks. My bad. No, Robert Pattinson was in the fourth Harry Potter movie and he died. I think 
I think I heard that once before. But I can't remember his name as the vampire. Alright, um, Miley Cyrus crops her hair. It's sad that this is news for 2012. We're, we're not even going to read the article on this one because it's just dumb. Although she does look prettier with her hair short like that. She was. She's wearing she darker, always... she's wearing darker eye makeup too. I think she looks prettier now. Oh, Angus T. Jones, that's his name. The kid from Two and a Half Men. He's getting goofier and goofier looking as he gets older, too. He's got a Bill Cosby nose. <laughs> he does! Look at him! He looks like a white Bill Cosby! <laughs> Alright, Angus T. Jones bites the hand that feeds him. We thought we were done with Two and a Half Men Meltdown when Charlie Sheen was fired. We didn't count on 19-year-old Jones, after 10 seasons on the show, to suddenly become religious and start dating a Hollywood hanger-on hanger known as Stalker Sarah. Or denounce his own still popular show as filth that young people shouldn't watch and that he no longer wanted to appear on. At press time, it wasn't clear how soon he'd be getting his wish. Holy crap. I didn't hear about this. I know, you know, he had said he doesn't want to come back next season and the show's been renewed for three seasons now. So we're talking about this show's going to go on for, you know, 13 seasons. You know, so... And he did get an offer to go on anger management with Charlie Sheen. His contract is up at the end of the season. However, Ashton and, and John Cryer are still signed on for the next three seasons. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see where Two and a Half Men goes from here. Maybe we'll finally, finally get what I've been hoping for, the paternity test. We're going to find out if Judas' baby is really Alan's. Because they keep making reference to it. Keep making reference to the little girl looking like him. So maybe we'll see that. Who knows? It's The, the show really could go into so many different directions. Um, oh yes, I remember watching this and not knowing what the hell to, to make of this. L Nicki Minaj performs Exorcism at the Grammys. What? You didn't see this. Oh, I watched this and... Uh, she didn't even. She didn't perform any of her hits. I, like the song that's on there, I don't even think she even recorded. It's like this weird, like satanic song. Like she's like praising Satan in the song. It's really, really weird. But uh, the article says, "Sorry, Lady Gaga, Nicki Minaj has sur surpassed your position as our favorite nutty intergalactic diva." It was during her performance at this year's Grammy show where one of her alter egos, Roman? Question mark appear to perform an onstage exorcism, provoking cries of sacrilege and blasphemy from some religious folk, that she cemented her current title. Um, I don't know anything about this. Like, what's this Roman thing? I know, like, her new album is called Roman. Um. That's all I know. Is that, like, some, like, Slim Shady sort of thing she does, where she's Nicki Minaj and Roman? Yeah. Kind of like where Marshall Mathers is Eminem and Slim Shady? Right. Is it kind of, like, kind of like that? Yeah. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure. Who's the famous author, Roman... Polanski? Polanski? No, Polanski's... Well, he's a director. Right. Yeah. Well, she says that her alter ego is Roman Zelensky, but it doesn't have anything to do with the director. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know her and uh, Lil Wayne both have even come out and said that they support the Illuminati and... 
you know, it's a Satanist organization. So why anybody surprised? I don't know. Um, Halle Berry is the headline here. She's an Oscar-winning actress and one of the most beautiful women in the world. She deserves to be more than just an elaborate walking prop in a visually extravagant storytelling mess like Cloud Atlas. Can't someone write another great character for Halle Berry? What are you talking about? I never saw that movie. I haven't seen it either. Oh, that's the one she was in. I don't know. Skyfall was the one I said she was in, but that has a whole bunch of other people. Okay. Taylor Kish? Taylor Kish was so exciting to watch on NBC's Friday Night Lights, but expensive flops like John Carter and Battleship threatened to strangle his movie career in its diapers. Can't we get him back into a football jersey again? Is that the, uh, no, Friday Night Lights was a TV show, really? Yeah. I saw the movie. It's a football movie. Of course I saw it. Okay. Well, then I have no damn clue who he is. I've never seen it. Bobby Brown? Oh. No, 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 no. Early edition. The TV show. I don't know. Huh? You lost me. Not new edition, though. No. Whoops. So, uh... Yeah. There you have it. Most jaw-dropping moments. Why does, why does Johnny Depp still make movies? Somebody answer that for me. All right, so on to the next one. We have Comedy Television Show of the Year. This is my forte because I love comedy. Consider myself a bit of an amateur comedian. So, Comedy Television Show of the Year. The nominees are How I Met Your Mother, The Big Bang Theory, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Two and a Half Men, and The Office. If you had to pick who was the winner, who would you say? Um, who would you expect to win this category? Who would I expect or who would I win? Who would you expect? What were the, what were the nominees? One more How time. I Met Your Mother, mm -hmm. The Big Bang Theory, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Two and a Half Men, and The Office. I would have guessed how I met your mother. That's what I would have wanted. Even though I really liked I really would have I really expected that one to win. But however, the winner is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Really? Which I actually voted for. I like that one too, so I yeah, I love the show. You you can't, uh, Charlie Day is amazing. He is funny funny guy. And if anybody has a chance, check out the movie Horrible Bosses if you haven't seen it yet. Those scenes with him and Jennifer Aniston are friggin' classic. Can't go wrong with that. And you, you get to see some good side boob from Jennifer Aniston and some near, like, some real good, like, up close crotch shots. Plus, she dry humps him while he's passed out. It's, it's hilarious. And Jason Bateman's in it. Anything that Jason Bateman touches is gold. And Jamie Foxx playing Motherfucker Jones. Yeah, good stuff. Definitely check out Horrible Bosses. All right, Crystal, you ready to finish this off with our final category? Sure. All right, final category is 
Drama Television Show of the Year. And, of course, two of the shows that were nominated this year ended their run earlier this year. Well, I've had a lot of drama this year, so... There you go. It fits with you. So, yeah, two of these shows are no longer on the air, so this will be the last time that they will be able to appear at the Anarchy Awards. All right. Our nominees are Desperate Housewives, NCIS, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, House, and The Walking Dead. And the winner for Drama Television Show of the Year is The Walking Dead. Yeah, like I, I actually have never seen The Walking Dead. And uh But that's not surprising that it won. Yeah. Uh well at first uh House was ahead. And uh Walking Dead kinda of pulled out there at the end. That's what she said. <laughs> so there you have it, the Anarchy Awards for twenty twelve. so long to do i think we're just gonna do next year we're just gonna do a special episode just for the anarchy awards i think we're gonna do that next year uh we have some great stuff coming up this year this coming year i should say year's almost over um definitely uh looking forward to uh our, our next season i've already given out this see next season's rundown a few times um the uh, 2013 preview is next week. That will be our final episode of the season. We're going to take a couple weeks off. Um, this time. Yeah. Not like, last time was a long break. It was like two months we took off. But it was much needed. Some, uh, some good vacation time. Uh, but next week we, ha we have the uh, top five most anticipated albums of the year and the top five most anticipated films of the year. So... That's definitely going to be really cool to check out. Um, the uh, I already gave the, the final top five list of this week. I'm going to go through that one again. Um, I had some people requesting what the uh, top five most played songs were for the year for Planet Chaos. And that list goes number five, Ozzy Osbourne, Mr. Crowley. Number four, Steel Panther with Community Property. Number three, Polkadot Cadaver with Chloroform Girl. Number two, Davy Suicide with Generation Fuck Star. And number one, New Medicine with Race You to the Bottom. And uh, once again, I am going to go over uh, our, our uh, Thanksgiving Day special. We did the uh, top five or top ten albums of 2012 and the top ten lamest songs of uh, 2012. So right now, top ten albums of 2012. Number ten, we have "Every Time I Die" with X Lives, and number nine, Stone Sour with "House of Golden Bones" Part One. Number eight, The Cult, "Choice of Weapon." Number seven, Lionel Richie with Tuskegee. Number six, Taproot, "The Episodes." Number five, Marilyn Manson, Born Villain. Number four, Fozzie, Sin and Bones. Number three, Kiss, Monster. Number two, Hell Yeah, Band of Brothers. And number one, Papa Roach, The Connection. And there you have it for the top ten albums of 2012. And 
the top 10 worst songs of 2012. I got some negative feedback on this, but I have my reasoning for, you know, doing the list as such. Uh, when I look at when I look at the worst songs of the year, the songs that you know the first time you hear it, you go, okay, that's cute. And you hear it a second time, you're like, eh, it's not as good as I thought it was the first time. Every other time you hear it after that, you're like, please, for the love of God, stop playing this song. By about the hundredth time, you want to put a bullet in your brain. So the top ten worst songs of 2012 at number ten. Calvin Harris, Feels So Close. Number nine, Train, Drive By. Number eight, One Direction, What Makes You Beautiful. Number seven, Sigh with Gangnam Style. Number six, Kelly Clarkson with Stronger. Number five, Big Sean with Dance Ass. Number four, LMFAO with Sexy and I Know It. Number three, Fun with We Are Young. Number two, Carly Rae Jepsen with Call Me Maybe. And number one, Maroon 5 with Moves Like Jagger. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever want to hear that Moves Like Jagger song ever again in my life. Oh my god. hope no one requests it at the bar. I really hope not. I'll tell you what though, I really, you know, I saw the video and I didn't think I would ever actually find any point in my life where I would want to be watching Christina Aguilera and kill myself at the same time. Oh man. Maroon 5. You know, I liked Maroon 5 when they first came out, but it's just like they've progressively gotten worse as time has gone on. Yeah. So. Alright. Uh, we're going to play a few more songs. We're going to come back and wrap up the show, wrap up the year. Right now, here's Warrant with a classic called Bed of Roses. Well, it is about time to wrap up the show for this week. Make sure you guys tune in next week. We've got an exciting show for you. It's the 2013 preview. We're going to be talking about the top five most anticipated albums of the year, top five most anticipated films of the year as well. And we're also going to be getting to, into uh, all the cool stuff that we've got coming up throughout the next year. It's going to be awesome. We've got you know the, the calendar, the Girls of Chaos calendar, the Miss Chaos pageant, uh, Macabre Fest, all kinds of new merch coming out, coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, uh, my book that will be coming out. Um, everything will be updated uh, via the website, brandonchaos.weebly.com. Uh, you can also keep in touch on Facebook. Go like the pages, Brandon Chaos, Planet Chaos, and Chaos Culture on Facebook. All the updates will be there as well. Um, awesome stuff coming up. Like I said, the calendar, merchandise, Macabre Fest. We've also got uh, Mr. Youngstown, All-Star, Mr. Warren, All-Star coming back again uh, this coming summer. All kinds of great stuff. And uh, season four begins on January 27th of 2013. Anything else you would like to add, Miss Crystal? I can't think of anything. Can't think of anything. No. Exciting year coming up. I have to say I agree with you on that one. That's about it. Uh, you can... You can email us anytime. It's planetchaosradio at gmail.com. 
or you can Skype us during any show. It's Planet Chaos Radio on Skype. And we are going to be finishing off the year right now. The final song of 2012 on Planet Chaos. It's Ozzy Osbourne with No More Tears. Good night. Good night. Good night. It's time to say good night. What more is there to say but good night? Folks, I'll be back next week. And good night, folks. And good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are.